Welcome to the New Life Church Podcast. Now to this week's sermon by New Life's founding pastor, Dr. Mike Kramer. Well, we're glad that you're joining us this morning. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. We're so thankful that you're including New Life in your Christmas celebration. I want to speak this morning before we take the Lord's Supper or Sacred Communion, however you choose to refer to it, on celebrating Christmas. Without Christ, there would not be any Christmas. Christ is the reason we worship today. And celebrating Christmas or Christmas as you may call it, I think of the infinite infant. The infant Christ in the manger of Bethlehem was the infinite creator of the world. The infant Christ in the cradle is the infinite son of God with the destiny that he fulfilled of the cross of Calvary. The infant Jesus adored by the shepherds is the infinite redeemer crucified and risen again for our sins. The infant Jesus worshiped by the wise men, is the infinite God in human form. The infant babe born of the Virgin Mary is the infinite Savior who died and rose again victorious for each and every one of us. The infant Christ born in a humble stable is the infinite Creator who left the splendor of heaven to come to this earth, to go to the cross and raise again. Jesus Christ did not come to be in the stable of Bethlehem. He is the eternal Son of the living God. Revelation tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all God's people said, God was not caught off guard in the Garden of Eden. The plan was already in place for our redemption because the Scripture says... Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 9 as we celebrate Christmas and take a look at the infinite infant today. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And would you stand out of respect for the reading of the Word of God? And let me just say thank you to Pastor Michael for this wonderful honor. You had a great message, great service yesterday evening and what an honor it is for me to bring forth the word this morning on this Christmas day the scripture says for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor you wonder about the deity wonder no longer the mighty God the everlasting father and the Prince of Peace. Let's bow for prayer, shall we? Father in heaven, Lord, we give you the praise for this Christmas day. Lord, we ask that you would help us worship you. Lord, we thank you for the joy of celebrating sacred communion together. And Lord, we recognize that Jesus Christ was literally born in the shadow of the cross. You knew your destiny from day one. Thank you for coming to this earth, born of the virgin, living the sinless life, 
dying a sacrifice on the cross for our sins, raising again victorious, ascending to the Father, and one day we believe you will return in power and great glory. In the meantime, help us to serve you with gladness, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Sometimes Isaiah is referred to as the evangelical prophet. Some refer to him as the fifth gospel because there's so much about Jesus Christ in the book of Isaiah. True predictive prophecy that came true. All right? I appreciate what Pastor Michael had to say last night. When they have to try to explain a blizzard, how many of were here in the blizzard of 78? Did they have to tell us it was a blizzard? No, we all knew. We all knew. When you get over two feet of snow in less than 24 hours and, and drifts halfway up telephone poles and no one could go anywhere, literally for two weeks, people out shoveling the streets together just to form a path, everything on the grocery stores, everything was, was gone. Ladies being taken to the hospital to give birth, on snowmobiles being taken to the hospital. How many of you remember that? Raise your hand. Don't leave me stranded. That was a blizzard. Isaiah's prophecies were all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. In fact, if an Old Testament prophet gave a prediction that did not come true, do you realize that they had the authority to stone them? So trust me, when they gave a prediction, they made sure they had heard from the living God. He's called the fifth gospel. He predicted the virgin birth in Isaiah 7, 14. That Christ would be the stumbling stone in Isaiah 8, 14. That he would come through the line of David, Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2. That John the Baptist would be the front runner, Isaiah 40 and verse 3. The ministry of Christ, Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. And in Luke's gospel, Jesus picked up And read out of Isaiah and said, today this was fulfilled in your presence. Of course, it angered the religious leaders. The suffering Messiah. Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. All we like sheep have gone astray. The Lord is, we have turned our own way. The Lord has laid on him. The iniquity of us all. By his stripes we are healed, the scripture says. Isaiah 53, written hundreds of years before Christ came to this earth. Even the millennial kingdom is referenced in the book of Isaiah. Chapter 2 and verse 4 talks about one day the nations will beat their swords into plowshares. In chapter 11, verses 6 and following, one day the wolf will lie with the lamb. Little children will be able to reach in and, and a cobra can... Be there and they'll be at total peace. There will be perfect harmony during the thousand year millennial reign. Isaiah is an incredible book of predictive prophecy. And here in chapter 9 and verse 6 we see the prediction that God would provide the Lord Jesus Christ. So think of it this way. We celebrate Christmas because the infinite infant is the gift wrapped. Grace of God. The gift wrapped. Grace of God. How many have already had your Christmas? Raise your hands if you already opened your present. How many are opening them later on? Okay, I better keep this message moving. I can take a hint. 
Well, you have many wonderful presents, gift-wrapped, and but you've got to open it by faith, as was illustrated last night so beautifully. A child is born, a son is given. John 3, 16, the heart and soul of the New Testament. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 4.10, Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God, you would ask and have it. You would have living water. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Christ is the gift-wrapped grace of God. Titus 2, verse 11 says, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men or all people. And that word appeared is the same one used in Matthew 1 and verse 20. When the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2. When they had seen his star in the east. And behold the star it went before them. The star appeared to the wise men. Grace of God. The idea is it shines the light on Jesus Christ. John 1 9 tells us he's the true light. That gives light to each and every person. John 1.14 says, We beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In Romans 1, 19 and 20, it talks about how God makes known the mystery of salvation, and he gives light to each and every person, and that creation itself reveals the need of Christ, his eternal attributes. One of the things that I've done through the years is when I have the opportunity, a lot of these great saints of old are with the Lord, but if I am around one, uh, some of those uh, great preachers and pastors and so forth, I'll have them sign my Bible. And they always sign their name and they put a verse underneath it. And I always find it interesting what verse they list. The late uh, Dr. Jack Van Impe, uh, who had a lot of things on the Lord's return, but he signed it. Romans 1, 19 and 20, and that speaks about how there is light for all to believe. The late uh, Dr. W.A. Criswell, who pastored First Baptist Church of Dallas so many years, he signed his name, and then underneath put the verse Revelation 22 and verse 17, where it talks about the Spirit and the bride say, come. And whoever's thirsty, let him take of the water of life freely. People that are used of God, have a passion to share Christ with others. Every opportunity that we can. So a son is given, and he's given to the entire human race. The word world, John 3, 16, we can all put our name there. And in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2, he is the propitiation or the satisfaction for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the entire world. His gift of the grace of God was gift-wrapped for the entire human race in the birth of Jesus Christ. Secondly, we celebrate Christmas because the infinite infant is the gift-wrapped declaration of deity. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will be upon his shoulder, that's predicting the millennial kingdom. Now, here's the declaration of deity. His name will be called Wonderful. The idea is exceptional, Distinguished above all others, the great one, if you will. Counselor, he gives wisdom to all who seek him. James 1 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all people. Romans chapter 11, 
culminates. Verses 34 through 36. Oh, the depths and riches and wisdom of God. Who has been his counselor? Who has known the mind of the Lord? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 talks about how his thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. The mighty God. Doesn't get any clearer than that. The mighty God. That's Jesus Christ, the God-man. Colossians 2.9 says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. Again, John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? God. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And again, we've talked about that. That word dwelt is the idea of he pitched his tent among us. God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. That is the Christ that we celebrate at Christmas. Without him, we could do nothing. But with him, all things are possible. Again, Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Matthew 1.23, speaking of Jesus Christ, the name would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. As we like to say here at New Life, If we were to boil all of the truth of Christmas into three words, it would be God with us. Not only can we trust him as our Savior, follow him as our Lord, know him as our friend, let him guide us as our shepherd, let him bear our burden during difficult times, let him be the God of all comfort. He also comes to live inside the believer. The Holy Spirit, Scripture says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Lord? The Holy Spirit dwells in you when you trust Christ as Lord and Savior. God is always with us in the person of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for that? Other names. The everlasting Father. You know, Christ was revealed in the Old Testament. In Old Testament appearances of Christ, we call a Christophany. I think of Daniel chapter 3, when the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, teenagers, were thrown into the fiery furnace, and King Nebuchadnezzar later looks into the furnace and says, wait a minute, did we throw three guys in and I see a fourth, and he looks like the Son of God? Well, the reason he looked like the Son of God, he was the Son of God. Jesus Christ was in the fiery furnace, Daniel 3.25, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know something, my friend? Jesus Christ is with you, and he's with me in every fiery trial that we experience. We may not be placed in a literal fiery furnace, but there's times when we feel like we're walking through the fire. There's times when we feel like everything's closing in on us. Here's the good news. The everlasting Father, he's always with you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The everlasting Father. Daniel 7 is referred to, verse 9, as the ancient of days. The prince of peace. By the way, because Christ is the eternal Son of God, That's why the wise men 
worshipped him and presented gifts appropriate to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they bowed in worship of the Christ child. By then he was in a, in a house probably about 18 months old by the time the wise men reached him. The shepherds worshipped him at the birth there in Bethlehem. But he's the eternal son of God, the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. Not only do we have peace with God, Romans 5.1, therefore having been justified or made right with God, that's justified is a big word for being declared righteous. It's a legal term. It's like a judge bringing down the gavel and declaring someone innocent, declaring someone right. We are justified. We are right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. When you trust Christ as your personal Savior, and that will be symbolically represented in just a few moments when we take the Lord's Supper together, sacred communion. The bread reminds us of the body of Christ that was crucified for our sins. The juice reminds us of the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. The empty tomb tells us that Jesus Christ accomplished what he set out to do. The scripture says that when we take sacred communion, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. One day, Jesus Christ will return in all of his power and all of his glory. Do you believe that today? He's coming back. Thank God for it. But you're made right with God through faith in Christ. You have peace with God, the scripture says. Colossians also tells us, 3.15, that we have the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6, 7 echoes that idea, that we have the peace of God. Peace with God, we have been made right with God. The peace of God means that no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what kind of challenge, hardship, difficulty we may face, we have the peace of God living and reigning and ruling with us. His spirit bears witness with our spirit, the scripture says, that we are the children of God, of knowing That everything will work out according to God's plan. That's why Jesus said, don't worry. He says, look at the birds of the air. Aren't you more valuable than them? And God takes care of them. Look at the lilies of the fields. Solomon, in all of his glory, was not clothed like them. Aren't you more valuable than them? God cares for us. The Prince of Peace. We have peace with God. And we have the peace of God. One more principle. We'll wrap it up. We celebrate Christmas because the infinite infant is the gift-wrapped hope for humanity. He's the gift-wrapped grace of God. He's the gift-wrapped declaration of deity. He is who he claimed to be, and he accomplished what he set out to do. And Christ is the gift-wrapped hope for humanity. That's why he's called the Prince of Peace. Again, we have peace with God, the peace of God. One of the things that I would encourage you to try to do as much as you can is have peace with others. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men, Luke 2.14. The scripture tells us in Romans 12.18, as much as possible with us, live peaceably with all people. Christmas is a wonderful time to to make peace with someone that perhaps you need to make peace with. And then one day there will be peace on this earth.
the government will be upon his shoulders. He will reign and rule when he returns for 1,000 years and then take us to a real place called heaven where we will spend eternity with him. Do you believe that? Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you could be also. And I will come again and receive you to myself. He is returning. That is the hope for humanity. That is why here at New Life, we are a great commission ministry, a gospel-driven ministry, if you will. The word gospel simply means good news. My notes are flying. That's all right. Gospel means good news. The great commission to make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all things that he's commanded. He's with us always until the end of the age. That is the heartbeat of new life. That is why we held the service last night as many from the community came and heard the good news of the gospel through the children's songs, through the worship of the praise band, the congregational singing, the message from Pastor Michael, the gift-wrapped grace of God. My neighbors were here. They come once a year. Gave them a big hug and said, you made my day. Recently gave them a copy of Hope for the Heavy Heart. I did not know until just... A couple of weeks ago, I was leaving St. Joe Medical Center. I made a visit, and in was coming my neighbor. I coached his son in Little League years ago. And we got to talking, and just out of nowhere, shared with me that 14 years ago, they lost their 32-year-old daughter. I did not know that. It was before I'd gotten to really know him. I said, I got a book I'd like to give you. He walked me all the way to my car, signed a copy for him and other family members. You never know. Christ is the hope for humanity. And as you know, one of the things that I like to do on Christmas Eve after the service here is I like to go to the South Bend Post Office. They keep the lobby open. And you'll usually find one or two, sometimes a few more people that are homeless. And I like to talk to them. We always give them a gift. One of the members graciously gave me a, a few uh, $15 gift cards to places like McDonald's and Burger King. They came up and said, Pastor, you going to go see your friends at the post office? I said, yes, I am. They said, well, pass these along. And I got there yesterday evening. Cindy waited with, out in the car. And sure enough, here was a couple of guys, and I gathered them together. And I said, guys, I want to give you something that'll help you. I also like to give them a little cash so that they can go wherever they want and get whatever they want. They were very appreciative. I said, can I read the biblical story of the birth of Christ? They said, we'd love it. So I had my own church service last night. Read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 with these guys. Then I dialed in on Savior. It's Christ Lord. I said, guys, if our greatest need was laughter, God would have sent a comedian. If our greatest need was money, God would have sent an economist. 
I said if our greatest need was technology, God would have sent a scientist. But our greatest need is forgiveness and love. And that's why God sent his son to be our savior. I said, guys, I'd like to lead you in a prayer if you'd like. I gave him a steps of peace with God along with the gifts. And I said, that'll tell you how to get to heaven, but we can take care of that right now. I shared the gospel with them. Both of these guys bowed their heads, invited Christ into their life as personal Lord and Savior. Why? Jesus Christ is the only hope for humanity. And all God's people said, let's bow for prayer, shall we? Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Oh, my friend, those that are joining us online, I can't think of a better time if you need to affirm your faith in Jesus Christ. We invite you to do so right now. You can pray this simple prayer. Just say, dear God, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again for me. Lord Jesus, I invite you to my life to be my personal Lord and Savior. You say, Pastor Mike, is it that simple? It certainly is. You mean it from the bottom of your heart. Would you pray that prayer? Dear God, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he died on the cross for my sins and bodily rose again for me. And Lord Jesus, on this Christmas day, I invite you to my life to be my personal Lord and Savior. I wonder if you prayed that prayer this morning, you reaffirmed your faith in Christ. Would you just slip up your hand and say, you know, Pastor Mike, I reaffirmed my faith in Jesus. All right, thank you. Those that are watching online, send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Christian friend, why not take a moment? Thank God for Jesus Christ, your Savior. And also take this moment to reflect to prepare your heart for receiving sacred communion. God says to do it in a worthy manner. That means nothing between our soul and our Savior. Take a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are and forever shall be the gift-wrapped grace of God, that you are the declaration of deity, and that you are the hope for humanity. Because of you, we always have hope on the horizon. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.